Welcome back to the Pop of the Man podcast. I'm your host, Jay. With me today, I have my main man, DeLon. What's up, DeLon? Well, I'm not usually first. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? This is the Minnesota Maniac, um, Timberwolves Terror. Cat's back. Shout out to Cat. Um, 0 and 2 since he's back, but, you know, we get it together. Malik Beasley, most improved player. Go ahead, Jordan. We have the number one Suns fan in the nation. We got Cam with us. What's up, Cam? Hey, man, y'all already know what it is. Sun slash Brooklyn Nets Nation, no defense whatsoever. But because it is Black History Month and I'm bliggity, bliggity black, I got to come to y'all with my weekly fact. And my weekly fact is, and on December 26, 1964, the Boston Celtics had the first ever all-black starting lineup, which consisted of Bill Russell, Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Tom Satch Sanders, and Willie Knowles. The Boston Celtics. I know, wow. right? I'm shocked. I was shocked too. Back shocked in, too. That's crazy. That is very crazy. Did y'all see that tweet? I think I think it showed. I think I saw a tweet earlier this week, and it showed that um when uh Bill Russell got his jersey retired, there were no fans in the stadium. Really? But I think it was. I think it was upon Bill Russell's request. He didn't want. Wow. He, he didn't want them all there. You know, I guess because people. You know, I don't for different reasons, and so he said, "I just wanted to be me and my teammates, and that's it." That's so, crazy. Yeah. So he, when you guys judge retired, there were no fans there. Uh, also joining us today, we have the Murder Midden Cowboy. We have the one and only John. What's up, John? What's up? What's up? Bucks and six. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the goat. If you are, if you're black and you're a Tom Brady friend, fan, then you are anti-black and you hate black women. Happy Black History Month. Great introduction, John. And then last but not least, we got the Museum Maniac. We have Daniel. What's up, Daniel? It is the 25th anniversary of All Eyes on Me and the Fuji's The Score. So if you care about Black history, Black people, go support the greatest rap group of all time. Yes, I did say the Haitians was the best to do it, but go support them. Then go support All Eyes on Me, New York's finest. It's a lot of history in this intro, but you know what we do. Oh, you know what we do. We give you our takes on basketball, music, and everything in between. This episode 126 of the Pop of the Mad podcast. If you are a fan of our album club series, where we talk about a different album every single month, and we just break it down bit by bit, song by song, and we get, we share our thoughts and feelings on what the album represents and what the songs represent. If you love that kind of stuff, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. That's where we'll exclusively release our um album club episodes from this point on the last episode we did was hell half no fury by the clips the next episode we will do was it was written by nas so that will come out i believe next month so remember those episodes will now air exclusively on youtube make sure you follow us on subscribe to us on youtube at popular man podcast but other than that there's no other announcements other than make sure you follow us on twitter at podcast man so let's get right into the show so we're going to talk about uh kevin garnett Kevin Garnett. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me make that bigger. Ah, there we go. Kevin Garnett um, did an interesting interview, and he had some takes on the game of basketball today. And he said that he doesn't think guys from 20 years ago can play in this game. He goes on to say the game today is creative. It's competitive. It's saucy. You'll get dropped. A blank will cross you over and break your ACL. These days, the game is in a great place. And he... he just so you don't just get those little sound bites and you get the whole picture of what he's saying. He was pretty much saying that the game has evolved so much in terms of skill and what the players all are capable of doing. Like the three, the emphasis on the three ball. Um, he talks about how players today are just so creative, like how Dirk threw in, like Dirk has the one-legged 
you know, the, the infamous one-legged jump shot that now even like Joker has has taken and put his own spin on it. And it's just so many different kinds of players who could do so many different things that didn't exist 20 years ago that he just could not see players from that age faring well today. Also, you know, the hand-checking rules, and that is it's a lot harder to guard people now than it was back then. So, guys, what do you think about Kevin Garnett's um, opinion on today's basketball? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? Talk to me. Anybody go? All right, I'll go. <laughs> um, well, one, I think, first off, Cam, I don't know if that was intentional, but that was a good segue, I feel like, from the Bill Russell fact to the Kevin Garnett. I thought that was seemingly <laughs> beautiful. I that out like, man. Um, I personally agree with Kevin. I don't think, maybe I think his wording might have been too. I don't know how people are reacting to it. My ear's not to the streets right now. So I, I don't know what their reaction is, but my assumption would be people's reaction like is how could he say that X, Y, Z played in the past, blah, blah, blah. But I think I get it in the fact that the game has evolved. The game is a lot faster than it was X, Y, Z um, ago. Like Russell Westbrook could be a sprinter. So I don't, I, I understand that the three is just such a crucial and important part of the game now. And I think maybe in the eighties, the game was a lot more physical. And I think people harp on that. And maybe I don't even think it's physical. I think you were just allowed to foul people and abuse them. And maybe you can't do that anymore. So it made me think of um, when James was talking about Giannis and he was like, you know, I wish I could just be big, but I have to be skilled. Like I have to have skill to play. So I think that's kind of more where Kevin was going. And not to say that the men of the past weren't skilled, but I think it takes a different set of skills now to play basketball and be successful. So I don't think he was out of pocket. Maybe he could have like pacified it um, so that it'd be more easily consumable, but I don't think it was a wild comment. To kind of speak on that topic, speak on that point, you said that you don't believe players back then were not skilled, but you know, you think it's a different skill set you have to have today. There's a player on the Clippers that's like a second year player. His name is Terrence Mann. The guy has a high motor, can sprint up and down the court. He's pretty he's pretty decent defensively. He can pass, he can finish at the rim, he can dunk. He's a pretty good athlete, but he cannot shoot the three ball. And when he's in at times, it kind of stalls the offense to the point that it's like, mm, maybe we should sit him down, even though he could defend, even though he could he can rebound even though he's just a great athlete the fact that he doesn't have a three ball in his arsenal hurts your team in this day and age while in the past like you if you did all those things you're a great player you could be a highly predicted player but in today's nba you can't just be able to do just those things you got to be able to shoot you got to be able to pass you got to be able to do all these things in order to keep yourself on the court and even as a big man these days you got to be able to shoot like big man these days that's almost a priority now like your four you want your four to be able to shoot you don't want a four who can't shoot paired to a center who can't shoot too so back back then that wasn't too much of this so you have you have like two seven footers both who can't shoot on the court at the same time that's not a problem uh your backcourt both of your backcourt members maybe they can't shoot that's not a problem but today's league everybody you there's a skill set that is needed from the point guard down to the center and it involves shooting is with the revolution of shooting thanks to Steph Curry in part and just the uh running gun style of basketball that the Miami Heat started when they moved like LeBron to the four like with all that stuff coming into play you just have to be able to shoot these days and I feel like that's what makes it a lot harder for a lot of guys in the past who were non-shooters coming in today's NBA and trying to be effective because if you can't shoot you kind of you will put a hamper on these like crazy ass offenses that exist in today's NBA. And then another thing is like like when he was talking about this, he said 
20 or 30 years ago. So that's 2001-1991. Whenever athletes talk about these like the, these retrospective um, opinions, people always jump to like the Hall of Famers, right? They always jump to, but MJ was playing then, but Kobe was playing then. Athletes who played in that time didn't go up against Kobe every night. And they remember who they played on a Tuesday and Thursday when it wasn't prime time. So they're not only talking about the Hall of Famers, they're talking about everybody else. They're talking about the other 90% of the league. So I think it's completely fair to say, like when he said, um, like the guards today have to do so much more than like the guards in or like the guards don't compare, something like that. Um, I just don't think that he meant like Kobe couldn't play in today's day and age. And that's what people always, when they get so up in arms about this, that's what they get. It's so easy to forget that. Well, and and the thing to go along with what you're saying, Jordan, is that I think that when we think about the most skilled players in NBA history, I think that we think that they would fare in any era. The players that are the Hall of Fame caliber players now, I think they would fare well back then. And I think the players that were Hall of Fame caliber back then would fare well now. So I definitely can agree with what you're saying there, DeLon. Nothing like you, even like we talk about the offensive side of the ball, we talk about like just guarding, and they're like, they're like, yeah, you know, back then we had hand checking, but now we don't have hand checking, but it's even bigger than that. Like the fact that, like, I'll use another example on the Clippers, Evikia Zubak, love him, he's a great defender, a great rim protector, but he gets taken out of his game every time he has to defend a center that can shoot the five. I mean, well, he as an anti, he has a center that can shoot the three, not shoot the five. Anytime there's a, there's a floor spacing five on the court, he struggles to get out there on the perimeter and contest. And in the past, that was that you just didn't see that. You just did right. not see those kind of players at all in the past. And so centers could just stand next to the rim all game long. Now, if you're if those centers, you move those a lot of those good defensive centers who we thought were so great back then, and you put them in like the 2021 and 20 season, they won't be able to defend the rim like they could because they'll be getting dragged out to the perimeter. Some of them guys might get played off the floor completely. Like you look at Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert would have been a dominant center if he played in like 1998. Because uh, he wouldn't have nobody to drag him out. That's his Achilles heel getting dragged out from underneath the rim. He had, if he could stand mm-hmm. underneath the rim all day, Rudy Gobert would be unstoppable and on the defensive end. But so go ahead, Jordan. I'm gonna say, but if you look at but if like I said in 2020, 2021, his Achilles heel is something that the league thrives in, and that is shooting and spacing. You look even if you look at like Porzingis, Porzingis came into the league, his nickname was uh the unicorn because he was a he was a five that could shoot the three with so with proficiency. But now you look at Joker doing that, uh, you look at MB doing that, like you just look at uh Thomas Bryant from the um from the Wizards, Wizards. He, isn't, he isn't as good as them, but he's a five that can shoot the three at a pretty decent clip. Like, it's what we thought was, wow, once in a generation type shooting from a five in Porzingis just like five years ago, four or five, I can't remember exactly when he was drafted, is now something that you can find on almost any roster. Well, and I think the thing, the other part of the unicorn nickname that goes along with Porzingis is the fact that he's seven three and can move well and as athletic as as well. So that's part that's part of the unicorn could nickname. Move well. Could, could move well. Could move well. But but so the so when I heard this, I've learned to not take anything that I hear, especially athletes when they go on podcasts and they say stuff that they know is going to make for great sound bites. I think that when these guys, I've learned to not take anything at surface value. And I've learned to dig a little deeper. So I think that we all know KG and that that team that won, and I think it was 2008, right? Yeah. The team that won the championship then. And we look at that team, and I can't imagine anybody on that team, especially like 
KG or Paul Pierce especially going back and saying anybody was ever better than them. I think that they think that they are the best team that ever walked the face of the earth. With that being said, KG going back and saying that people that played in the era that he played in or maybe a little bit before him to now is a little bit confusing to me. But then I think about who KG was as a player. And then I look at KG gave the – he created the mold of what we see in these big men today. KG could stretch out, could, you know, could shoot the mid-range more proficiently than a lot of big men could. He was uh, – you know, he handled the ball more than some of them, than, than other big men could. So, I think that KG said this, one, because he thinks that it's true. But also, I feel like KG, deep down, is like, man, I wish I had been able to play in this air because I would be averaging like 30 and 15 in this era because I have not only a polished post game and I have the ability to stretch out to the three-point line. And I just think, I just, I just really think that KG was more saying this to boost himself up and like subconsciously boost himself up and be like, yeah, like y'all, y'all niggas in the, in the back in the day were trash, but like me, I, I was good. I would be, I was good then and I'd be good now. So that's what, that's what I got from this. I love it. KG, KG, KG said I'm built different, huh, Cam? Right, exactly. Sound like Ti talking about who created the trap? Oh God! On the foundation of this, I can do this now. I can do this thing. <laughs> also, another important thing is like KG is one of those mobile mobile bigs that could have like defended guards. Those like in the host and like this is another thing like nowadays like everybody switches so that your big right. man can guard guards. KG would have he would have ate that up. Like he would have had no he would have had much problem guarding like threes and twos right. off the switch. I, mean, I was about yeah. to say that earlier while you were talking that first time, Jordan. Imagine, imagine Shaq having to switch to AI. And, nah. and guard him in space, yeah. like get on an island. Yeah. Not, not, not like in the 2001, like I'm pretty sure he might have switched on him a couple of times, maybe. Yeah, and, like but, the, but the paint is so packed, it didn't matter if he drove past Shaq because there's going to be like three other defenders there. We're talking about you put him on an island and there's nobody behind Shaq that can come help him. If he lets AI buy, he's at the rim pretty much. Or he's gonna, or you got to foul him. Like that's something that Shaq would have had to deal with every single night, and he would still been dominant on the other end. But it would have made mm -hmm. things a lot more difficult for him on the defensive end. Yeah. Hey, do you, I remember? I remember in the, I can't remember which year it was. It was one of the fifteen years in a row where the <clears throat> where the Warriors played the uh, the Cavs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> y'all remember that that one uh, time when Steph had uh, Tristan Thompson on the island? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Imagine that, that. but like. Way worse because <laughs> Tristan Thompson, <laughs> Tristan Thompson could definitely move better than uh, Shaq, especially if we talk about Lakers Shaq. We talking about <laughs> Dick Shaq, yeah. And it's, and it's so funny. It's it's so <laughs> funny because we always talk about Shaq on this show. Well, we don't always, but like so we talked about Shaq on here before for being somebody who always criticizes people and stuff like that. And I would imagine if we ever put okay, Shaq in somebody. Hey man, hey, 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 hey! I did not, hey, I did not. I don't want to interrupt Cam, but that's like the fifth time that a person has walked past him. And every single time my heart drops, I feel like we're about to see Cam get robbed, and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. If I get, if I get held at gunpoint, hey, that nigga was walking with purpose to your man. Oh man! Oh my goodness! I was so scared, bro. My heart dropped. My heart dropped. That was like the fourth fifth time. Every single time, I'm just like, let me, hey, hey, Cam, hey, Cam, I ain't go cap, man. You need to drop your pen or something, bro. We need to know, <laughs> we need to know where to send the authorities. Something, man. They could, they could, oh my goodness, they could have parked out. Hey, I'll say this though: if Cam starts getting robbed, Jordan, keep rolling. Okay, man, yeah, that's, con hey, that's content. That's content. That's content. That's content. 
That's content. But what was your point about, about Shaq? Content. What was your point about? I was Shaq? just yeah. I was just saying how Shaq always, you know, he he he's always wanting to criticize these big men and stuff like that. And I definitely feel where he's coming from on the offensive end, where guys may not be as polished in the post and you know stuff like that, like he was. But I would like to see Shaq in today's NBA. On the other end, having to defend for forty minutes a game, these guys, like you, like we said, these these guys like Steph, these guys like Damian Lillard, who can put them on an island and then you know make them work. So like you know, because defending the pick and roll in today's league is not easy. Not and like easy. and like you, I think in that same run you're talking about, uh, John, actually that might not be the same run. Like you said, the Cavs was in the finals with the Warriors so many times. They might get the years crossed. But like y'all remember that meme of like Steph having. And um, stuff having Gobert on the island, and Gobert's like mm. twisting around like a, like, yeah. a, like a Oh pillow. my goodness, he had that man playing Twister, bro. Oh my god! I think in that same run they played against the um, Rockets, and like Clint Capella got played out the floor. Like they couldn't even play Clint Capella anymore. Yeah, exactly. They just could not play him because he was just he was he was just too much of a liability on the defensive end. Now even if he even though he could dominate on the other end and he could put points on the board, it didn't matter because he was shaving points on the defensive end. So like it's it's a different yeah. league. I agree with KG. I think even like another aspect is like understanding like the physics of like what players are able to do now. Just the the hyper athleticism, how the the speed in which they move, and like like I think I feel like we see a lot more. I might be mistaken, you know. We feel like we see like a lot more ACL, Achilles injuries now, and I believe it's because of like the hyper athleticism we see from these players. They're putting so much pressure on their bodies to the point that. I feel like in a way that players were, I feel like that kind of, um, and these, and these are like super, super dear. I feel like athletes today take care of their bodies a lot better than athletes. Yeah. Than and that's actually, that, that's actually a point I was going to make, but I'll let you finish. Yeah. And despite that, these players are still getting these significant injuries because of like the, the, the pressure they're putting on their bodies. I feel like athletes in like 20 years ago, like in the nineties, if you dropped them in today's league at the the pace they're moving, the kind of pressure they're putting on their bodies for trying to turn left and right, being six foot eight, 250 pounds, and you know, on your joints and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of them players had to move in the manner that a lot of players today today have to move. I feel like you know, you see a lot of injuries amongst them. I don't think their bodies will hold up in today's league. Yeah, uh, going uh pretty you uh, pretty much uh kind of touched on what what I was gonna say, but yeah, like uh like that article that came out a couple of years uh, about LeBron, about how much he spends on um, like taking care of his body a year. It's like it's like a couple million. I mean, granted, it's Brian, so, you know, that's, you know, you know, pocket change to him. But, you know, he spends like a couple million like a year, like taking care of his body, like throughout the season, off season, that type of thing. You you know, and a lot of other guys, especially, you know, the top guys, even even like the guys who aren't getting paid like that, they're still taking way better care of their bodies. And, you know, guys back then, you know, back then the guys after the game, you know, they, you know, they, they they drinking brews after the game, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They smoking yeah. cigars. You know get, what them, get them get them like, big ass fat cigars, boy. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. legit in the locker room with them. Yeah, exactly. Literally right <laughs> after the game, like they they shit motherfuckers showered and they they chilling, drinking beer and and smoking stogies. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's definitely like that, like you said, like that, and like you said, especially with the amount of like you know you know like ACL, MCL, uh, PCL, like that, those type of things is like like we we see like a pretty fair frequency like like of that like now imagine imagine them playing how they played imagine all the injuries that would happen if those guys were doing that same thing uh but playing at the pace that they're playing now it would be a quarter you know half the league be gone by by uh mid-season mark big facts big old facts john but all right so let's 
that was a, that was a good spit from KG because it's just, it's just nice to hear um, current players talking about modern NBA in a positive light. But, I was but saying not hating. Yeah, that that shit's so corny to me. Oh my god! Even if it, even if he had an ulterior motive, Cam, and was doing it just to prop himself up, at least he's saying nice things. Because he could, he could have done the opposite. He could have propped himself up by saying that this new generation trash and my generation was good. So at least, at least he lose his clout for the better. So we're gonna move on to the first music topic. Um, we're gonna we're bringing back hit or miss from the last episode because it went so well. Where we basically we take. We well, we go we run down a list of songs, singles that came out this past week, and we talk about whether we think it was a hit or you think it was a miss. The first song we're gonna talk about is What It Feels Like by Jay-Z featuring Nipsey Hustle, which was on the Black Messiah and Judas album soundtrack. So, guys, hit or miss, how'd you feel about this song? Uh, how about you how about you kick us off the line? Oh man, I, I really thought that I, I can I, Daniel, can you start us off? Because Daniel has some good branching points from it, so I'll let Daniel go first. I want. To, I don't want to sound like a hater, so I want to preface that. That's your role, Daniel. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, that's why you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we call you up. First, so, uh, and it's not me copping, please. But I love anybody who knows me. You know I love Jay Z. I put hope in like that stratosphere. Park had that spot for a while for me, but I put hope in like that number one. Um, thing because he just lived longer. No knock to Park, but so he was able to give me more. Now that I got the cop and please out the way, I don't believe that it's necessarily a bad song um, because hope is hope, nip is nip. But I think I've reached a point in my life, and I'm un- I'm thinking hard, like as I'm speaking. I don't want to say hope just it's not believable to me anymore. So I think he's an extremely skilled MC, but at some point to me, like this full blackness or this like empowerment thing, it just doesn't feel real to me it feels like propaganda like a prop so when i hear him rap or when i hear him say certain things if the music doesn't sound real to me i don't care like how many entendres you set up what pocket you're getting to what scheme you're getting into i can't enjoy it because i can't i don't feel it so it doesn't connect so now when i hear a whole rap about this oh yeah i better watch out for me because if i keep speaking how i'm speaking they're going to get me and you're Beyonce's wife no one's going to get you like that it just i mean Beyonce's wife Beyonce's husband no it just yeah, it, it, you say what it, you say. It wasn't for me. Thanks. <laughs> oh, good song. So, I don't think so, it's that song, but not for me. So before 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 anybody says anything, a question I got for you, Daniel, is does the same go for like these rappers who like these street rappers who say, you know, who are rapping about who you feel like are rapping about like the streets and stuff like that, but you know they're not really in the streets like that. Does the same thing apply? Cam, you will get me wound up and I'll never shut up. Big man applies. That's why. So I stopped listening to Meek. I was a huge Meek fan. Like I remember being in high school when Dream Chasers dropped. I think I was listening to Meek since like Flamers. But I started to get too much of his personality too quickly, and it started to dilute the music to me. So I remember when him and Drake were going at the spat, and he was talking all of whatever he was talking. And then I remember um, Drake dropped Summer 16 and was like, nah, we were in the same hotel. Like, I saw you. I was right above you. So then I was like, damn, me. But you told me if you, like, anywhere in the vicinity, you going to run down on him. The chase is going blah, blah, blah. And for me, that was, like, the first crack in the Meek image. So I think he had, like, a T-Grizzly joint not too long after that. I was like, Meek, shut up. You're not going to do nothing because, like, now I know you're not going to do nothing. So, no, that, that definitely yeah. isn't for me. I don't care how skilled you are. But if I don't believe you, 
And if your content, because to me, that's what rap is. And I think that's why we gripe on people who have ghostwriters or who aren't like really making their own content because if it's not, that's why I love J. Cole at first. I heard him, damn, you know, young black man, whole bunch of art classes, figuring out life, whatever, whatever. And I was like, damn, it's, it's, I can relate to it. I can see it. But if I know it's not real, then. You can't feel it. And I, think, yeah. and I think I think that's what makes rap special is the realness in it, and that's what like really grips and grabs like the younger generation. It's like wow, like I heard this, like I feel that, like that's me, or like that's I could see myself in that person. Uh, just to, just to get back on the song, what it feels like. Uh, rest in peace, Nip. Great hook, great verse. Love to hear it. Uh, pretty much almost every pos posthumous um, Nip feature slash thing they've they've thrown him on has been pretty good. Like he he has some great stuff in his um backlog and it's a shame that he isn't here to like really celebrate it and hear see us celebrate it uh so great performance from nip love to hear it whole verse like th emphasize what daniel said great technically um he's still near not the peak of his powers but he's still very much far from wash he's showing he still got stuff in the tank when it comes to the ability of rapping he was starting to sound he's think about like the carters i think the carters um song i mean that's the carter's um collab album he was sounding like he might not be able to rap anymore like he had lost his touch that was a good album. stop 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 they didn't need they didn't need that migos feature bro they didn't need that no no they didn't i i give you that one i give you that one <laughs> yeah, I, I, that. that was a good project okay but anyway i i i kind of i get what daniel's saying um I didn't really feel nothing from his pro black bars. I don't know why. Maybe because I've seen, because I also see through um, the facade that Hove has, has like tried to bring us in the past couple years. Maybe it's not a facade, but there's things he do outside that music that just don't align with the things he's saying. Kind of like the Barclays Center situation and a few a few other situations that um where it's like mm, I don't know. You don't it really all applies, but it doesn't apply towards black people. It applies to him as a black person, specifically him and the people that's around him. Um, yeah, the NFL but yeah, 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 it, it yeah. doesn't like I just I had to, to look at him on the side eye. So these bars, they don't they didn't really reach me. I thought this, I thought he was good rapping. I'll say this song, I'll call it a hit. People gonna love it. People gonna love it. I'm gonna ask you guys, Delon and Jordan, Delon Jordan and I spoke about it already. Do you guys think Hove can be an opportunist or opportunistic at times? I think so. Um, I because go, like going back to you, like you two were saying, like uh, Cam and also you, Daniel, about rappers like making up stuff and not rapping about things. It's like actually them. Uh, I do feel we we talked about it offside the podcast, which I wish we didn't because now we kind of got to repeat ourselves, which is the whole point I kept trying to tell the they Daniel. Don't, they don't the know that. They don't know that. Also, I forgot Daniel's on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, talking about pro-blackness in these songs and it seems it seems so forced by some of these artists because it like we talk about how a lot of uh, rappers talk about pro-blackness in just one way and they talk about it in terms of like police brutality and they talk about um like you know you're not gonna shoot me and all this stuff or like protesting and like that's that's fine and dandy but like these artists on a, on a regular don't talk about like the black experience like they don't they don't talk about the other parts of being black and it just never really comes up in any other situation except when it's like okay y'all want me to talk about pro-blackness i want to talk about police shootings and stuff like that like no like that's there's more to being black than that and 
kind of like we'll talk about on the ASAP Rocky song. We're going to talk about it too. Um, how his song doesn't really talk about being black. I don't even know what he's talking about on the song. Yeah, yeah. It's like he just he just he just used the word black in the song a couple of times and he thinks that's he thinks that's being pro-black. Like that's to me, that's opportunistic. It's like we want you on the Fred, we, you know, we want you on the Fred Hampton of uh, soundtrack. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna come in there and say the word black five times on a song. Like that's opportunistic to me. Rocky said he a young Harlem legend. He pretty getting money. He's busting down Rihanna. That is black excellence. Everything mm. he says is pro black. I'm a Yonchi mm, fan. I'm be honest. I'm, I'm be honest, fan. There's some there's there's some people doing there's some people that have been hooking up with Rihanna that's not black, so that's not technical black excellence. I ain't gonna hold you, Chief. That's all I'm gonna say. I have no comment. Nah, that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. How black, how black is Rihanna? But I'm <laughs> We're doing that. We're not doing that, Cam. We're not doing that, Cam. Cam hates black women, people. You saw it. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. We're not doing that. Wow, Cam. During Black History Month, I'm disappointed. Mm. Bill Russell Russell would not approve. But (laughs) to go back to like my overarching point, I think I'm trying to make is that I, oh, going back to like, I think like East, uh, we'll we'll talk about Rocky, but like going back to my overarching point, yeah, I don't, I do feel like it's opportunistic uh, what Hove does. He's tried. You know, he, I don't know. He's tried to lean more in this in this direction, but I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. Not at all. Um, my take is I think it's a hit. Uh, fun fact: Nipsey's producer said this was recorded during the Crenshaw era in 2013. Um, oh. So that verse, wow, eight years. Topical. Yeah. Topical. That's, that's, that's crazy. Hit him. Uh, hit. Hold on. Hit or miss for you. Yeah. Well, I listened to it, and I definitely, like, I, I agree with a lot of points that y'all said. And the reason, the sole reason I feel like this song is going to be a hit for me is just because, like, Nipsey. I don't know, like, everything that I've listened to since, like, just like you said, Jordan, everything I've listened to since he's been gone is, like, like a fire. And I'm like, I wish I, because I didn't listen to him much. I probably heard, like, one song while he was alive. And then, like after he died, I was like, "Man, this is this is this is what I should have been listening to." But like, not saying not saying he's the great like my favorite artist, nothing like that. But like, really like spitting and like saying some real stuff. That's that. Especially feel like this, this for him. That reason alone is that reason alone is why I feel like the song is a hit. I don't think like 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 a lot of I'm agreeing with a lot of points that y'all said. So yeah, I definitely feel like it was a hit for me. Hit or miss, John. Uh man, it's it's definitely it's definitely a hit, man. Uh, going off to what Cam said, I actually I have been listening to. I don't know who introduced me to to Nip off the top of my head, but I know I've been listening to Nips to Nipsey at least since like 2010, 2011, like the like the marathon, marathon continues, like uh, all all like those albums, uh, those those mixtapes, and uh, you know, and it's that's I mean. It's it's kind of wild, I mean, because you could definitely like uh, like if you either go back or you listen to like when it first came out, it's like you know Nipsey was always a, a pretty pretty good rapper, but it's just like you kind of like see his progression, like you know from you know when he you know when he first came on the scene to you know you know when he passed, and then I mean like I'm I'm not surprised I'm not surprised, but at the same time it's kind of like it's kind of nuts like to really think that like that verse came from 2013 because. 2013, you know, shit, I was maybe listening to Nipsey at what for three years at that point. So I mean, to me, it's like it's just kind of, it's, it's just kind of upsetting. Like he rapping like that in 2013, and then again, it's topical. You know, eight years later, you know, put it put it on the movie that you know is coming out this year, and it's just it's kind it's kind of nuts. But you know, shout out shout out Nip, and then obviously, man, Jay Z, that's my goat. So 
you know, it's I, I definitely I definitely understand which I haven't I haven't listened to the song uh, enough to like right. dissect it like you guys have, but um, just my ears liked it, so no, that's and, and, you know, and that's what makes and a lot of times that's all it takes to make a song a hit. If your ears love it, then like sometimes mm-hmm. you kind of gloss over the things that might annoy you. So let's yeah, let's talk, exactly let's talk about the next song because we already kind of touched on it. Rich nigga problems. Which is a song on the black on the <laughs> on a Fred Hampton soundtrack. I don't know. Just the title alone makes it feel like it's a little bit out of place. Hit or miss. Uh, we'll start with John and Cam again because because uh, we made y'all go last this past time. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't listen to this one. So okay. y'all can go. Good, no, for, you. Good for you, my brother. <laughs> John, did you hear this I one? Mean, yeah, yeah, I listened to this one. Um, I didn't hate it. I mean, like, it's, if, you, if you gotta say that, bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so it's just so my thing is like I listened to the I listened to the uh, the Nip and Jay Z one, and um, you know, I like I said I didn't dissect it because I didn't listen to it enough. But there there were some things that like you know that I that I caught on to. There was things I latched on to. Um, there's things that like kind of like stuck with me and like and. Like I kind of like skimmed through that uh that that Black Messiah. Like I was I skimmed through that soundtrack. I li- probably listened to maybe half of it, and yeah, I'm gonna have to go back to that because that it sounded pretty. Like the couple songs I heard um, were pre- were pretty were really damn good. He said, um, "I'm about to say that Rocky song, ass, John." All right, no, 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 like like Jordan said, and like like Daniel said, it's like he said certain things that don't really that don't that don't they don't make it feel like it belongs on 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 this on this uh, on the soundtrack. And you know, like we said, it's like you know sometimes you know we kind of gloss over that when like your ears like it, and it's just kind of like you know it's Rocky, and I like Rocky. It was a good it was a good production, but like it was just like I could not tell you one line from 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 that from that song. Like I was listening to it. Was a number of ball. Yeah, exactly. So I was I was listening to it, and like at that point, it was like, like I said, it didn't sound bad. Like I didn't want it. Like obviously, you know, I had to listen to it, you know, for the pod. But it wasn't like something I'm like, I'm like, damn. Like I pick up my phone, and like want to skip it. But it was just kind of, it was just kind of like background shit. Like it was, you know. So it, it was like I said, it was unmemorable. Um, doesn't really belong on the soundtrack. But I mean, it could be worse. Nah, it could definitely be worse. Uh, testing. I'm gonna call this a miss though. <laughs> I'm gonna call this a miss, Yikes. and just just for the simple fact that I said like it feels like it was he said a whole lot of nothing on this song. Uh, wasn't I know what Rocky's capable of, and he didn't give us that. And just just to highlight what so I mean sad, by man. just to highlight what I mean when he just says the word black, and it doesn't really pertain to being black. Uh, about twelve bad holes in my section, like Vegas. A few of them strangers, a few of them famous. When that ain't enough, and black ain't enough, man, I'm done acting up. Hit, let's hit the crib and get faded. I'm not exactly sure. What the hell did he meant by that when he said when black ain't enough in this instance? Um, so I would like to interject. There's too much Rakim slander for my liking. So mm. I personally have not listened to the soundtrack, John, maybe because you said it's good, I might go check it out. But I just glanced through it. So we're saying Rocky doesn't fit, but if it if the movie is um based on Fred Hampton, then I know I would not think to grab Herbal, but I guess he's from Chicago, so maybe that's why he got picked. 
I saw Pooh Shiesty was on there. I saw Dirk was on there, but once again, Dirk is from Chicago, so I get it. I saw Polo G is on there. So when I'm looking at this track list, these aren't the artists that I would think, hey, it's a movie about Fred Hampton. Let's go grab them. So if they can be tapped for the Fred Hampton movie, I don't see why Young Rock Kim can't be tapped. Well, well it goes back to what you brought, <laughs> you brought about Jay-Z being opportunistic and like how it made you feel kind of weird, the stuff he was saying on the song. I feel even weirder by like them tapping ASAP Rocky and then him making a song that has literally nothing to this do about said- blackness. This nigga said, look at me, get what you see, envision me, brazen chains. Is he Pusha T or Mr. T? No hookah smoke, no niggas, please. No liquor, please. No niggas, please. No niggas, please. No niggas, please. No niggas, please on the friend. That's tough. What I'm saying, though, for me is, I think my gripe would be more with the executive producer who put all of these songs together, who heard Rocky talking about whatever he was talking about, and said, you know what, this fits. And you know, I, I haven't seen the movie, so maybe there's a scene where Fred is partying, whatever, I do not know. And this song um, correlates and matches the moment. But what I'm saying is, if we say blackness is not a monolith, and like blackness has its all like, no niggas, no, 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 I'm not even saying that. <laughs> that matches Rocky. <laughs> I, I ain't even, it does match Rocky, but you know, that's a different kind of blackness. We ain't gonna talk about that. We ain't gonna talk about that Yikes. type of black. But um, it's, it's like I said, to me, it's a lot of times he just says the word black in this song, and it's not even talk, referring to being black. It's just him saying the word black. It's just just like parsley. Just, yeah, just, hey. just it's like, hey, black. It's like black. Hey, damn, did you say, did you say Push I still was on this album? <laughs> It is. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, track fourteen, no profanity. But like, like, hey, hey, that nigga was shiesty though. That nigga was shiesty. So like, like, but like, like, like I said, we do got to remember this is a soundtrack and it's for different moments. And but so even if we just take it out that context and we just remove like, oh, this supposed to be for a pro-black album about Fred Hampton. We remove that part. This song to me just was a weak entry from Rocky. So I'm gonna call the miss off that alone. Uh, that nigga said another victory, flawless like the skin on me. That, that, come on, Fenty Beauty, stop playing with yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen, listen. Did ASAP? Did ASAP Rocky forget how to rap? Like this nigga was like, he sounded like he had to be walked through the words each ball. He was rapping so slowly, which would be excused if he wasn't doing the classic ASAP Rocky hat sap Matt cat rhyme that he always fucking does because he can't rhyme any words longer than four letters. It's incredibly frustrating. <laughs> Stop it, Daniel. Stop it, Daniel. Mute. This might be the worst ASAP Rocky song I've heard in like two years. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. ASAP Rocky is just talking about absolutely nothing. Not only that, it's so contradictory to the rest of like what are we even talking about? It's not even talking about nothing. It's completely contradictory. I guess the 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 how they got 2020 vision but don't see a nigga vision till 2020. That shit has me cracking and that's the scary thing. Who is he talking about? He's talking about him. He's talking about, about you. He's talking about Fred. He's talking about everybody. testing is terrible because you know that's what he said. Dog, this seeing it afterwards. He make art. I put on Twitter about about a week ago. I I regret not making more 2020 jokes in 2020. But hearing that bar made me glad I did not do that shit. That my God, <laughs> this nigga said. uh 
but never spill the tea. Most you niggas sick of me. What would she do to get to me? Get off the tip of the dick of me, please. Oh, shit. Get off the tip of the That's dick of me. That sounds, like, that sounds like Chris Brown's verse of Look At Me Now, which is one of my least favorite verses of all time. Rocky Top 5 out of Harlem. I don't care. I don't no, want to no, cuff your chick. If you would, I can get it actually accidentally slips and falls on my dick. Oops, I said on my dick. That's what ASAP Rocky sounds like right now. And it's I got awful. It's just one other part. It's kind of confusing me. He said, loudest nigga in the room is the weakest. <laughs> the McQuire dudes just probably need some better speakers. So I'm confused. Is he trying to say... <laughs> What's the, what? of, what's the point? What's the point? Want to be weak? Like I'm saying, like he's just rhyming shit. That's, that's is he saying? Yeah, is he saying? Is he saying the quiet niggas are actually at fault, and he thinks loud people are actually not that weak? Like I'm, 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 I'm seeing mixed messages here. I'm just this confused. Wrong. Y'all not dissecting the birds. What Rocky is saying is he like level-headed, moderate people. Can't no, the problem is like, <laughs> the problem is we are right dissecting right. the balls. <laughs> This nigga, this is the same problem that I had with that, that fucking Haji Beats and Office, where he just be saying words that mean absolutely nothing. I respect okay. myself, but I don't listen to Odd Future. Okay. Like you so listen to ASAP Rocky. Kissing cousin, to be real with you. But one, la- <laughs> one, one last, one last um, fact about this song. So I'm looking at Rap Genius right now, and they said that Rocky recorded this after he got released from jail in Sweden. So <laughs> this it, is like, it, it makes it makes so much more sense now. It does, don't it? It does, don't it? Okay. First line of the song got a mink on the doormat that say nigga we I made like it. Say one thing that's that's so we I'm not so funny I'm done. On the front and this is like the song before last on the soundtrack. Like this is the song for the outro. So you going out with this. Oh you going Maybe it was just a throw in. The song makes it should have been the seventh song, something like seven to nine. I was like, I listened to this, but I'm unsure what he's exactly talking about. Um, and not to say that it was about a good song, but I was listening and I was like, I'm just not retaining anything. I still think Rocky Top Five from Harlem all time, different conversation. I think some, I think somewhere along the way he Man. lost his kind of vision and purpose, and so he's just rapping to rap yeah. now. Um, and he's he been doing that for a minute. So I've been looking at him a little bit funny. That ain't been rapping to rap since 2013. Nah, don't do that because that's I when did, I, I did it. I did it. That's when Allah that's dropped I it. it. And that's the last time. So 2013 to 2021, that nigga been rapping the rap. I will say to me, it's funny that they tap ASAP Rocky for the pro black album. And not to say that people can't change, but from my from what I know of Rocky, Rocky was like, you know, you blacks over there don't know how you're living, has nothing to do with me. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check in Wayne's uh, okay. on Wayne on here. No, he I was, I was, I was, I was just about to say, I was about to say the same thing. Sounds, sound like some, uh, somebody I know from. Uh, but it could be, the, it could be the the people that tap first probably didn't want to be on the album, kind of like No Name, like she didn't want to be on the album. I um, didn't want to hear her on it. That was a great. I'm, I'm glad she made that choice. But I'm saying, like, like there could have been some people who have, like been more pro-black who have actually like embodied that soundtrack and like maybe ideologies of Fred Hampton more, but they probably said. Uh, in spirit of Fred Hampton, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, so uh, we, we, we had one other song we want to talk about, but we've actually been on these first two songs and the KG topic for a minute. So we're going to skate past it and we're going to go on to the next basketball topic. Uh, the Utah Jazz have been have taken the league by storm. I believe right now they have the best record in the league. I think they have like a two game. They, have, they might have like a two game um lead on the lakers in the west and maybe a three-game lead on the clippers 
in the West. They're clear of everybody so far. Um, I think right now they have the second high, they have the second highest three point percentage in the league, which would right now be the highest three point percentage ever in NBA history if they finish the league with this. Uh, they've been dominating. I think they have like a top five offense and a top five defense. They just been dominating on both ends, guys. Why are they succeeding this year? Because a lot of uh, so there were some rap analysts and some rap um. Not rap analysts. There were some NBA analysts and some basketball analysts who felt that the Jazz could be the number one seed or a top two seed last year. Why are they now realizing that potential now? Let me jump out first because I haven't really been watching the Jazz. So I only have like two things to say and then I'll let everybody else take this. I just want to correct Jordan. The Jazz do not have a two, three game lead over us. They're above the Lakers by half a game and the Lakers have been playing on cruise control. So don't know what Jordan's talking about. I just wanted to quickly clean that up right quick. He's you know, I fans, think man. basketball this year has been, I don't want to call it boring, but it, it seems to me as if everyone's still kind of feeling themselves out. And I know that's not a good excuse because now we have like, we're like 27 games deep. So you are what you are at this point. But as a Lakers fan, I can tell you, I don't think we're supposed to be doing as well as we are doing. I just think we just happen to be better than a lot of people. Um, so if the rest of the league is playing like the Lakers, I see what's happening in Dallas. I just think, I don't know if it's because of, um, I heard Cal Kuzma say something about like, you know, he thinks COVID is affecting team chemistry because players aren't really able to like hang out, talk to each other, whatever, because of league protocols and things of that nature. So I just feel like the Jazz might, that makes me sound like a hater and I don't want to diminish what the Jazz are doing. The league just don't make no sense. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, because I was about to say, like, I get like I get why those issues are are like issues for teams across the league. But the question is, why is this not a problem? Why hasn't it been affecting the Jazz? Maybe like it's affected the Nuggets or maybe how it's affected um, the uh, Mavericks. Well, I kind of can answer that question. I don't think the Jazz had any players out because of um, health and safety protocols, like first and foremost. I don't think any player has missed time because of that. I also... I would like to point out, I don't think anybody on the Lakers have missed time because of that either. I might be mistaken. Uh, okay. Hmm? AD just started playing again. Well, he he was hurt. He wasn't no, out. he was hurt. He wasn't out. Hey, Joe, he hey, hey, Joe, hey, Joel and B took that nigga. He put that nigga in the firmary. That's why <laughs> Joe and B put that nigga in the blender. <laughs> with, with, you know, like, they didn't beat the Clippers, too. I, I, I don't like that. Tone down that laugh. Oh man, but what I was about to say is that uh, yeah, like I say, like the Lakers haven't had somebody out for like two weeks. The Jazz haven't had somebody out for two weeks. The only team that's at the top and that has like the better records is like the Sixers, who have I think Embiid missed time for health and health and safety protocols, and Ben Simmons did too, and yet they still are top of the, of the East. But that's because they play some weak ass teams in that time frame. But I think that's one reason that like you talked when um they did they were playing the they were playing the Hornets. <laughs> Somebody hate so much, and I know it's because I'm being real. That's not why they win. Daniel, Daniel, they played, they played like three to four games without Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they won them games because they were playing against the Hornets, who don't really have NBA players, and they're playing against the Pistons. That's that's what six in the East, so that's disrespect to the NBA, not the Hornets. Oh, yeah, the same, the, the same Pistons that took the Lakers to OT. But also, the Pistons have only the Pistons are weird. Like they have they, they, the Pistons. The, the Pistons are the 14th seed, and their win they somehow they beat <clears throat> somehow they beat the Sixers and the Lakers. And the, but that's not the point I'm making. Y'all know the damn you know what I'm point saying? I'm making. Hey, hey, like, murder men. You know what I'm saying? We show up when we gotta show up. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I ain't I, a Pistons fan. 
Hey, I know the hell I'm saying is the point that I'm making is that a lot of teams have been afflicted with health and safety protocols. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the team that has the best record in the league has not had one player sit out because of it. And then the second team with the team with the second best record also has not had a player sit out because of it. Yeah, you know, the Lakers did have an injury, but their teams with injuries and people who have to set out health and safety protocols. The Heat, for instance, have had games where only eight people were available. With three of them people being two-way contracts, guys that was in the G League, like there's, and even like the Sixers, like I said, I give them credit for um, winning those games. They had games where they only had eight people available and both their stars could not play. So this is, I do, I not, like I said, like um, Dan said, he don't want to diminish what this, the, the Jazz are doing because the Jazz are shooting lights out. They're hitting threes at a historic clip. And they're taking threes at a very high clip. So like the Clippers also have, are like, I think they have the number one three-point percentage in the league but they aren't shooting as many threes as the Jazz. So the Jazz are like right behind them while taking more threes a game. That's even more impressive. So really they're the best three-point shooting in the, the Jazz are the best three-point shooting team in the league. So they're shooting, they're hitting their threes, they're getting out, they're defending. Judy Gobert's leveling up. Um, Mike Conley, who was bad, like, like he was done career-wise last year, yeah. has returned this year. Yeah. He was terrible last year. He lucky he was done. But this year, he looks like the Mike Conley that we thought that could help out the Jazz team. So I think it's a combination of the fact that the team has finally realized themselves. They finally bought into Quinn Snyder's system, and they're actually understanding the system. There was this one clip I saw where they threw the ball to the um, left wing, uh, Bodanovich, or I forgot how you say his name, catches the ball, does a behind-the-pack pass to the corner. They got, uh, I think it was Donovan Mitchell catches the ball in the corner. He then throws the ball to the opposite corner to Joe Ingles, and then he catches it and shoots a three. It's just they've been firing all cylinders on offense. But at the same time, I also think they are benefited from the fact that teams, that they have not had to deal with health and safety protocols, and the teams they face have probably have had to deal with that. But just to let y'all know, the Jazz are currently 17-1 and in their last 18 games. Can I – can I uh... – Say something real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Everything you said is true. I agree with all that. Just one more thing. That nigga Jordan Clarkson been hooping. Yes. That boy has been <laughs> hooping. Six man. That that some somebody said it best. I can't remember. Somebody on Twitter said it best. Six man, that's his award to lose. Cause that man has been that man been going crazy. Like oh, that's cause cause he cause he was playing all right last year. I the way he's playing now, I would say the way he's playing now, the way he played last year, I thought like when when he first joined, like I thought it was kind of be like kind of like a middle. So like last year disappointed me, and like this year is like a pleasant surprise. Cause I've always liked Jordan Clarkson, um, but he's yeah he's he's been uh, yeah he's been a, a big uh, a, a big up for them too. Cause now now you know Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to score forty five a game for them to have a chance, you know. I think he actually led the team in scoring last night. I might be mistaken. He had 24. I think he did. I think he, was, he did. Yeah, he had the most points in the fourth quarter. He had 24 unless Donovan passed him. What? That's what I was about to say. That's crazy because Donovan, he had 24 last night. Donovan Mitchell had 26. But then Gobert oh, had right. 27. And, like, somebody else had 22. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're just spreading the ball, man. It's an equal opportunity yeah. system with multiple players. Hey, shout out Quinn Snyder, man. That that dude is so underrated every, every year. It's like, you know, when yeah. they bring up, like, coach of the year. They always bring up, you know, uh, Brad Stevens, you know, all like, you know, all those guys. And they always, they always bring Quinn Snyder, man. That dude is a, has been a phenomenal coach since he's been in, since he's been in Utah. Which is funny because he has players on his team that people don't deem as good as the players that like Brad Stevens has. And yet mm-hmm. his he team, gets more out of them. Yeah, he gets a lot out of them. And I think it's also like 
he's like the Jazz right now have adopted what made the 2014, I think the 2013 Spurs so really good. I think that's the correct years I'm thinking about. It. The years they won the um title is that they had a play had everybody on the court could either shoot, dribble, and pass. You look at mm-hmm. Mike Conley, shoot, dribble, pass. You look at um Mitchell, shoot, dribble, pass. You look at Bojan, shoot, dribble, pass. You then you look at their power forward. I forget who their power forward is. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. Shoot, dribble, pass. The only person who can't is then um Gobert. Gobert, but you know, he he we you know what he brings to the table. He just, the, he just do what he do. Yeah, he what, just what he do. So almost every other player on the on the court is able to shoot, dribble, pass, penetrate, and make plays for each other. And I think that's also what's made them so deadly mm-hmm. on offensive end. And, and that's and that's what and that's something else that um that's made this team so good because now if you look at the team that they have, I think uh somebody they were missing in the bubble last year was by by Godovich. I think it's I think that's who was missing, or was it Joe Ingles? One of I know one of them was missing last it, year. It was um, Godovich. But yeah, we saw how good they were able to be in the bubble last year, even though they were able, even though they were beat by the Nuggets. They shouldn't have lost that series. They just the Nuggets came back and they were able to storm back. But like we were able to see how good this team was last year, and that was minus him, who was a who was a starting lineup player. I mean, if we look at this team, they can go. They they're five deep. The starting lineup, like you say, everybody shoot, dribble, pass is a playmaker. And then you got coming off the bench, a role that he's much better suited for, Joe Ingles where he doesn't have to play as many minutes, where he can just take advantage of playing against those second-string players, along with Jordan Clarkson being able to do the same thing. This team is, like, they are, like, really – they're really dangerous because they can they can get hot like that. And I think I think I saw somewhere where they have, like, four or five guys shooting above 40% from the three-point line. And yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. This. And not only – and it's not like not only are they shooting this well, but they're shooting a high volume. Shoot a well. lot. Yeah. 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 Lot. So it's, it's, it's like this team, if they're kind of like the uh, – it was somebody else who was like this. I think – well, yes, it's kind of like the books, how where if they get hot and they just start shooting, it's, it's scary. But, I mean, you know, I think the books stopped last night. Giannis actually – Giannis actually said, he said, it looked like they're having fun. They look like us last year. Yeah, that kind of, yep. yeah that, that, John. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Bucks and six. I don't care. We'll yeah. Bucks and six. I'm going to say what? I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. If that was a playoff match, I'd probably take the Jazz in like seven. Yeah. I, 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 I probably would. I'm going to tell you what, Giannis, they, they better be glad Giannis already signed because that was a comment that would have people uh, lit on Twitter. Oh, like, oh, wow. he's leaving. He's leaving. Hey, he, he going to Utah next year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, all right, so, Cam, I'll ask you this. have that nigga trapped. <laughs> We're not going to. You know I, I almost made a terrible joke. Uh, yeah. Cam. You know what? <laughs> what, would be the, what, what would you say would be their downfall? Um, <clears throat> Downfall, I feel like, again, this year, Will be the same type of downfall they've had in the playoffs in the past. Rudy Gobert being not being able to play in certain situations, and then on top of that, Donovan Mitchell being the only guy on the team. Maybe I, we don't we don't really trust Jordan Clarkson like that. We don't really trust Joe Ingles. We don't really trust a lot of other guys on the team. Donovan Mitchell being the only guy that you know on the team who can go and get his own shot, and that could that could be like everybody at the top of the West or at the top of any both conferences have two guys who can go, say, go get a bucket. They got Donovan Mitchell, who you can definitely tell to go do that. But if he's getting double teamed or if he, you know, is in a situation where he's not able to do that, who else, who are you going to get a ball to and say, go do that? Who do you trust to go and do that? So that could, I feel like that's their, that is that is personally what I feel like is their downfall. But, you know. What, so, I'm, 
So I'm gonna ask everybody this. Uh, currently, they're number one seed in the West. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think they they're not gonna beat um, the Lakers by bar none. Like they're not. Um, Rudy go Rudy Gobert. He just turns into I don't I don't know when he faces AD. AD actually destroys him every time they beat up. Um, which is funny because it's not like AD be shooting over him. AD just be like going right at him at the rim, and Gobert for some odd reason can't stop him. Um, who are the teams in the West you could see beating the Jazz in a seven-game series other than the Lakers? Uh, Clippers. I'll say the Nuggets. Maybe the Suns. Oh, I, 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 I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. I was waiting on it. But no, definitely – the teams that I see for sure being able to beat them would be the Nuggets and the um, Clippers. Clippers. It's tough. Uh, I definitely – Nuggets, yeah, because like I said, uh, Rudy Gobert. I mean, well, Joker gets the foil to Rudy Gobert. Like, they, they stand on two opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of the center position. And um, they're both – got a lot of foils. Yes. <laughs> he got a, he got a lot of money too. Yes, awesome. Oh God, and so they sit on two different sides of the spectrum. Um, I can see the Joker taking um Gobert out of this game, but even then, Gobert matched up pretty well against him in the last playoff. So it would come down to um who gonna out battle um Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell almost beat the Nuggets by himself last year, and Jamal Murray, you know, held you know he had to show up next to Joker to give them a chance. So it's a matter of would would Murray be able to replicate that kind of play? It remains yeah, to be seen. He's, re, he's everybody like, oh, this is a breakout year. The way he did the bubble, bubble nah, sustainable. He, he, he regressed. He's back to averaging 18, 19 points a game again, yeah. and that's it. Um, he is he is averaging twenty five like he was in the bubble, or you know, even the bubble was averaging like close to thirty. But yeah, he's back to averaging his normal numbers again. Uh, so I could I could see it's on. It's almost as if them being in a bubble had an effect on how they're playing. Mm. Alexa, play the mm. real her by Drake. Uh, I don't says, know why. Says, 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 says the guy who is uh, who's a fan of the team who went eight, eight and zero. Oh. Hmm. Hey, look here. Hmm. Four C. Four C. I forgot that I had an Alexa, so they actually started playing the real her. Yeah. I figured. It, I, I thought. I, 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 that's Wilf right there, everybody. That's Wilf. Hmm. Uh, the Clippers, I guess, because I'm a pessimist when it comes to my team. Um, the Clippers won their Achilles heel. Well, for a long time, two of their Achilles heels was one was like bigs. Like we struggled against bigs. We've done better this year. There's no real big that's killed us. We're and we haven't played against really any really, really, really good bigs. But it used to be like it didn't matter. You didn't have to be really big to kill the Clippers. Like you could have been like a replacement level backup center, and you come in, you destroy the Clippers. Um, and um, like last year, this year with Serge and, and Zub being rotation, we've had that doesn't ha- really happen at all. But one thing that has not been fixed, and that is short, fast guards have killed the Clippers all year. I think I, think, I, was, I was about to say, I need a point guard. Nah, we don't need a point guard. Um, the 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 main issue because the main issue is like Patrick Beverly is a perfect point guard for the Clippers, but he's just hurt a lot when he's playing. It's fine. It's cool. When he's hurt, it's not cool. It's not fine. And that was kind of like the problem in the bubble. He was hurt during the bu- in the bubble. Um, but anyway, the point is, like, a lot of quick guards just killed the Clippers. Emmanuel Quickie uh, killed the Clippers. Uh, that Shy Gilders Alexander's cousin, um, Nickel. Nick- yeah. Nickel uh, killed the Clippers. 
Alex, it's, it's, he, he got a long name too. It's Nickel yeah. Alexander or something. Um, he killed the Clippers. Walker. Walker. No, That's uh, what it is, yeah. Uh, this is like a couple of more fast guards. Just, um, Kobe White gave the Clippers problems last night. Like that's been their Achilles heel, and the two best offensive players on the uh, Jazz are small, quick guards. So that's serious. I can see the Jazz winning. I ain't gonna cap to you. The Jazz could, was so they were a Mike Conley three away from beating the the Nuggets last year and facing the Clippers, the functional Clippers. I speak. I say you that. So they could have easily have made their way to the Weapons Conference Finals last year. So they were an injury to um, Bojan, and also a a three away from facing the Clippers and possibly eliminating Clippers and being in the Western Conference Finals. They are a very good team, well put together, very few flaws. Their main flaw is their best is one of the best players can't really defend in space. If they get the right matchups where that's not a well, that's not a factor, which they are the number one seed. So they could avoid some unfavorable matchups. They could be in the Western Conference Finals. If they stay the if they stay the number one seed, they won't have to face the Clippers or the Lakers. Two teams we said they could beat them. So and the Jack and the Nuggets could get yeah. knocked out, and the Nuggets could get knocked out by either the, the Lakers or the Clippers. So there's a good chance right. that the Jazz could be in the Western Conference Finals if they keep this number one seed and just don't blow it. Yeah, but then they just had to play the Suns, and that'd be a tough series too. So. Uh, yeah, they had to play the Suns or the not not the Mavericks. I got to erase their name from my memory. They're too far away. It's crazy, yeah. Right. Um, go ahead, go ahead, Daniel. No, I'm sorry. I just looked up at the – just based off your question, I went to go look about the standings to see kind of where everyone is and how things are going. And once again, I don't want to be confident, please, for these teams, but I just don't think – I'm waiting until after All-Star break, I think, before I'm really, like, taking a critical look. But I don't feel like anyone is playing outside of the Jazz. And once again, no disrespect to the Jazz. But I don't think anyone is really playing to the best of their abilities right now. When I just looked at the standing, that's not what I expected to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give it some breathing room. Oh, well, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's so crazy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jordan, but it's so crazy because you see even teams that are playing well, that are, that are winning games, aren't even playing as good as they could be playing. The Lakers no. fucking suck. <laughs> I'm about to say, the Clippers also were playing some of their best basketball I've ever seen them niggas play. But then they had Paul George injury. Um, I look at another team I feel like has been playing really well. It's like the Nets are like night and day. You just, you just, you just never know what you're yeah. going to get from them. I keep telling you. Give them a month or two. Once that click is going but, to yeah, how much of a liability they are on defense. But that's also because KD, out of nowhere, got taken out of the lineup so that he can't play for like a week. That's that's what I mean, like the help of safety protocols thing. Like you lose a player just sporadically for a week and then they get to return to the lineup and then you might lose them again. Because this is the second time going into protocol. This ain't his first time. This is the second time this season going into protocol. He was like the first player that, got, that caught COVID a year ago. And now, so it's like his third time dealing with this. Once that clicked, Jordan told me that the Nets are, since they've acquired all the new players, they are both the worst defense ever and the best offense ever. Which is true. I believe the best offense ever is very much going to overpower that defensive liability. I think it's going to be a problem. Well, and it, it, it doesn't like, and I, I can feel where you're coming from because nobody plays defense now. But but offense, like their offense is on a different, is in a different stratosphere than everybody else. So, yeah, nobody – I mean, nobody plays defense now. So, you know, them being the worst defense ever, quote-unquote, isn't really that big of a deal. Because if they weren't because if they weren't the worst defense ever, I'm sure there will be another team right now this season that would be the worst defense ever if they weren't playing. 
Uh, the the Kings were trending in that direction, just in case anybody right. was wondering. They they were actually trending towards worst defense ever, but then the, the Nets um lapped them after the trade. Lie, the King the Kings were bad. The the funny thing is, every team was like scoring at least 115 points on the Kings at one point. I don't know if that's still the fact, but like a couple weeks ago, every team that played them posted their best offensive rating of the season against the Kings. It's, 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 that's funny. They should they need some shame. Uh. We've been here a while. So we haven't been here that long. But we're going to go into the next topic. Uh, this week was the anniversary of Friday and also Yonkers. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to talk Wait, about like Fri- the movie Friday? No, 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 no. Not the movie Friday. The song Friday. Like a black. Oh. Okay, yeah, but, but I remember. Disrespect the songs of all time. <laughs> it was crazy. I don't actually remember hearing that song all that much, even though I realized it was like a viral sensation. Man. The time I ran that bit. Like women at your school. See, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was about to say, I was, I was about to say, uh, y'all, you say you clearly didn't go to school with, uh, with, with, with the white people as, uh, as, as, as I did. So trust me, no, um, gra- I was ready, I was ready to choke a bitch. I graduated the YT people. I had a graduating mm-hmm. class. The YouTube people came. I had a graduating class of um, a <laughs> hundred and thirty people, and I think fifteen Damn. were white. So that's more than I had, Jordan. So. Yeah, so I'm saying so. Yeah, my, I did not. I did not come in contact with them that much. Yeah, my graduating class was seven thirty-five, and there were maybe fifty black people. Maybe that's, that's nuts. That's crazy. Seven hundred thirty-five people, bro. College, yeah, community college. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think my high school was like the second. Well, at the time, was like the second largest uh, school by population. When I nigga, when I say when that bell rang, when I say I was like these nigga, I was like these like it was nuts. And that's just one class too. Shackles, like, John. Man, I was like, I was like, <laughs> take shackles off my feet. Six hundred fifty white people had you shackles. That's hey, you know what I'm saying that's and crazy. Man, it was it was tough. That man, yeah, everybody. Rebecca, Rebecca Black goat song of the 2010s, man. But we're not here to talk about Rebecca Black or white people. We're here to talk about um, except the law. We're here to talk about Tyler Creator. And how he began his trajectory into superstardom where he is now in terms of rap. Yonkers was a very unorthodox music video, very unorthodox song. I remember the beat was crazy. The beat was something I'd never quite heard before either. And I remember hearing it for the first time because so basically I was always the person that thought of that listened to weirdo rap. A lot of my friends, a lot of my peers thought they thought I listened to a bunch of weird stuff because I listened to stuff that came on the radio. I listened to a bunch of weird, strange personalities. But I remember being at the cafeteria table and like everybody was like had like a like an MP3 player or like an MP4 player and they were all watching a video. And I'm like, what am I like? What are they watching? They said, We're watching Tyler the Creator. I'm like, who? And like I sat over their shoulder and watched. And I see a dude eating a bug. Eating a co- eating. And I'm like, what the fuck are they watching? They say I watch weird stuff. So I went home and I was like home, all the lights off. I turned on Bastard. And it's like, he said, this is, the, this is what the devil's listening to. Wait, going to sleep. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I, I turned it <laughs> off. I was like, this is too much, man. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the song Yonkers? Uh, like, what was it? Turn off the lights and listen to Bastard. Because I didn't know. I didn't. I hey, didn't know. I didn't hey, know what you I was, was You was asking for it. You that nigga was going it. through it. Oh my god! Asking. I had never listened to his music like this. I didn't know what to expect. Turn around and die. Turn I, around and die. Nigga, I turned. I turned every light on in the house after that. <laughs> my mom. My mom. Didn't know, my mom didn't know what was going on. Oh, but what his mom was like, this boy is in distress. What was y'all reaction, initial reaction to seeing and hearing Yonkers? 
Uh, loved it off rip. Tyler created instantly became one of my favorite artists. Um, Daniel's probably waiting to slander. Um, man, that song was. I think the first time I saw it was, I think he performed it on Jimmy Kimmel. It was the first time I heard it. Hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's a it's a classic. It was a classic. It was definitely. I would. I will. I will concur. Uh, yeah. First first time I heard uh, Yonkers is like I don't know, especially because that age, because like. Like especially like once Tyler got big and like our future got big, like I was really into that. So I was like, you know, in that time period, I was like really into like that super unorthodox. Like I was listening to fucking Tech Nine. I mean, I was really listening to everything, but I was I was I was just our future. I was listening to Tech Nine. I was listening to uh Hobson. Oh, okay. Hobson, yes, bro. Like man, I I was I was I was in man. I man, I had half my closet was that uh, I was OF shit, bro. Like I was. I was in the thick of it, man. That I wouldn't hey. if I wasn't poor. But. John, John was in the bastard and pound syndrome. I'm sick. Man. <laughs> John, your, your school was definitely majority white based on those things that you're just... Get them big-ass big donuts on your shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you know, hey, quick hey, quick aside, man. Just, just real quick, real quick. little story time, just real quick. One, one of my favorite our future shirts. Bought it, bought it from this place called Zoomies at the mall. Camo, it's got the uh, got the OF, the donut right here. It's got the uh, upside down cross in the back. Probably my favorite shirt at the time. Me being a nice guy, I let my friend borrow it because uh, I was on the basketball team and like the theme was camo. So my homie was like, he had camo. Let him borrow my shirt. Never saw that shirt again. Still mad about Damn. it. That I'm was surprised the school didn't burn it, money. <laughs> yeah, I walk around with the upside down cross. A black man walk around with upside down cross in the hall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I was, I was, I was, I was like that. I was like, hey, who, who gonna beat my ass? Nobody. That's, good. Yeah. that's, that's valid. What about yeah, you, Daniel? Um, I wanted to respond back to Delon. I actually like Tron. I mean, I said Tron Cat. I like um, Yonkers. I mean, I like Tron Cat too. Tron Cat, yeah, Tron Cat's great. But so I, I remember that time. Um, yeah, just odd future. I'm laughing at you, Jordan. Say you saw the roach thing. I was like, what the hell? I'm sure that was probably my reaction too, but it was just, I'm not, it, it's crazy to me that that was 10 years ago and that's that long ago because I, even though I can't vividly remember like my first Yonkers listen, I remember that time. I was just telling uh, my coworkers, I wanted to gauge my ears and I'm so thankful my mom was like, the hell are you talking about? I'm not gauging your damn ears. But I felt like that was just that energy during that period of that thing. But no, I, I love Yonkers, I love Tron Cat, but I think, it was afterwards, I think Tyler got too weird for me, or I think it was too, like, maybe too unorthodox for me. So somewhere along the way, he lost me, and then I keep it a bean. Eventually, he gave me back, Um, you know, he's going through his whatever he is as an artist now. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a time. It was a hell of a time. Yonkers is just like, I, I love it for how different it is from the sound, the visual, and just what he's even saying on the song. Uh, not You won't really find anything else like it. Cam, are you familiar with Yonkers? I have, I, yeah, I am. I've heard it a couple of times before, but like how Daniel said, he became too weird for him. He was always too weird for me. So I was, I was never a fan. Uh, recently, the only Tyler Crater song I like is like Earthquake, and that's like mainstream as hell. But like, uh, definitely, mm, I mean, I was never really a huge fan of him or his music. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, whoa. Yeah, the earthquake do go crazy. Hey, hey, hey. So, Cardi, hey, yes, sir. So, with that being said, we fast forward to now. Um, Tyler Creator, he's gone from this 
this bastard that that like people that wouldn't the people didn't want their kids listening to he got banned from new zealand he got banned from the uk and he was like if you ask me very much so um he was he was banned from like bet awards like you didn't really you didn't see odd future at bet awards despite his ascension um you didn't really see him in any um award shows for like a long time he eventually started to find his way into the grammys um he started getting recognition from them which actually i don't think that started until the most recent app well actually no flyboard i think got some got some looks i think but um the newest album's the one that actually won something uh so we he's come from this kid that nobody wanted to hear to now he's actually i think he, i saw a video of him like about a month ago he was crying because he heard earthquake on the radio and he said this is his first time hearing himself on the radio and I thought that was crazy because like that's, like that's a big moment to be to be an artist. I'm an artist of his magnitude, magnitude be in a, in a, yeah. to be in this field for ten years and it did only hear your music on the radio for the first time ten years later. That's 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 unreal. And I think it was a cool moment to see him be that emotional and think and that be such a moment for him. So here we are now. Where do y'all see Tyler Creator going from his last album? I'm gonna say I'm gonna piggyback a little bit. Um, Backward, because I just don't care what title does on it. To be honest. But I think it's a testament to his craft and just like everything he's about. That he, for him to not, because you say um, all these shows um, blocked him, these countries were blocking him, but he still find a way to like cut through and carve a path to himself for him to be here ten years later. And then you know he gave us Earl, he gave us Frank. I mean, Northside Long Beach gave us Vince, but by extension, he kind of gave us Vince a little bit too. And the internet. And the internet. So I think, yeah, I'm just always impressed by Tyler and what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to become. So even when the music wasn't for me anymore, just like the overall vision, he has a carnival and it works. So the fact I'm thinking about Drake getting booed at the carnival now, which is still wild. But <laughs> so the fact that he was able to do all of that, I think he's had one of the most, even if it wasn't like, commercially successful or what Khaled said, weirdo music that you don't hear on the radio or any of that stuff. I still think Tyler is one of the most impressive stories of me to me for the past decade for what he was able, for what he had, what he was able to turn it into. He wasn't supposed to. Um, now, is, go ahead. I was just to add on, like he's had multiple TV shows, Loiter Squad, The Jellies. Um, he had a, like, he had a TV show, I think, uh, I, think I think it was like Tyler doing stuff. Like it was just him like, no way it was like Tyler figuring out how things worked. So like he like it'd be like finding out how clocks work or finding out how like chick how robot chicken makes a TV episode and like it was like him watching people do things. Uh, so he's had like and then obviously like his own clothing brand. Um, he's had some collaborations with Vans. Like he's it's, it's crazy how he's intersect he's inserted himself in all different kinds of media while being black bald and blacklisted in different countries and also different forms of media. It's it's, it's crazy. So, Delon, what about you? Where do you see Tyler Creator going from here? Uh, I'll be surprised if he drops music, to be honest with you. <laughs> if he drops music that isn't just, like, one-offs or singles or this and that. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you a moment I really realized that, I like, Tyler Creator is here. Tyler Creator, the same guy we talked about in the beginning who ate the roach and was talking about, you know, wearing upside-down crosses and talking about a bunch of lewd things on his music made the soundtrack to the most recent grinch movie he, he made music for grinch i felt like so he made music for a kids movie that's crazy like his past is really behind him at this point that people felt comfortable comfortable dialing him up and getting him to do that 
I ain't gonna lie though. Of any kids movie, any kids movie he could have made music for, Grinch would be the movie that he would make. That's true too. Yeah, it was very fitting. It was fitting, I will admit. But they literally could have got anybody else. Like they could have found somebody. True. But it's the fact that look that, that the look told me like, oh wow, Tyler has really put his past behind him. Jalon, why do you feel as if you don't think Tyler is um music anymore? That's not his field or space. Um, because I feel like Tyler's career has come really full circle and he's been very goal oriented since the very beginning. Um, from his very first interviews, I want a Grammy, I want a Grammy, he's got that Grammy. Um, he's made music with the artists he want to make music with, um, and it just really feels like he would, not he would rather, but he really enjoys that behind the scenes, not the front man kind of thing. So I can see him making a, not a DJ Khaled type album, but like a lot of his Wolf album was a lot of him taking the backseat on the song and like a four album, a four song stretch of him just like, doing the background vocals, playing the piano, doing stuff like that. So I can see him doing oh. that. I don't know how many more rap albums or lead artist albums I see him being. I, I definitely see him not making something that he thinks will win a Grammy anymore. Like, I feel like he made the last album with the idea, like, I want to win a Grammy, and this is going to get me a Grammy. So. But he got the award, and then he, well, I mean, he didn't do any rapping on that motherfucker, first, first of all. But he got the Grammy. And then he was like, he was mad because he was like, he didn't like how he didn't like the categories that like the Grammys put his music in or like, like it was like I made an album that had next to no rapping. Why did I get rap album of the year? Like I'm, it's, I'm cool. I'm so stoked that I got recognized, but like my album wasn't a rap album. I'm not quite understanding wh- how the Grammys keep doing this to rap artists and like even like you dare to go outside your comfort zone and do something you know different, why. and they still put you in me in this category. Two points. And- you know why. Oh, so he didn't rap on that album, then he rapped on one song. He rapped on one song. No, 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 no. You, you're not wrong. I, I agree with you. So, so usually, if we're gonna slander the white, I'm usually with it. I'm gonna jump out in the field. But yeah. for this one, I want to say, in order, the Grammys don't create your category. Your label and team has has to submit that music. Submit it. Has to yeah. put it in that. So that means Tyler, his team, or his label submitted it for best rap. Performance, best rap album, best whatever it won. So then I don't think you can be mad at the Grammys and be like, why did the Grammys give me this? Well, you asked them to. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about that too, because um I thought it was I also thought that was weird when like Drake was complaining about it, but I was like, Don't don't you have to submit? Yeah, you, you submitted it to this form. So I was like, and if you really want to take a stance, pull a Frank Ocean. Don't submit anything. For a while, J. Cole wasn't submitting anything. So if you really want to say, you know, I'm protesting or I'm against this institution, show me how much you really feel that way. But yeah. you don't. You want the recognition, and that's okay. We all want recognition in some way or form. But I just don't like it. it's corny to me. Yeah, we don't, know. I, don't think- I, I don't. I don't know if we can call it corny from Tyler because I think that the people who be in his camp, because I don't know, I don't know what that form looks like. It could be check all that apply, and his camp said, "All right, so your camp said it's applied." So okay, how- so that's not that's not him. That's not him. So he can look. He can look up and say. He can look up and say, "Oh." I can do this one. Why not also this one? Or why not this one? I can see him definitely saying that. Okay, I get it. Like, okay, I'm gonna submit my album for pop and rap because there is oh, some rapping on it. All right, but so I'm all, but, but rap, I'm, you're gonna be mad. But I'm only getting recognized for just the rap category. They wouldn't put me in the pop category. Well, maybe the pop wasn't good enough. Maybe Taylor Ben Swift was dropping heat that year and it just didn't fit. Yeah, maybe it, it wasn't good enough. 
Yeah, I use my one. I use my one cord mute on Daniel already, so <laughs> I got. I got to let him talk now. I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, it's a, it's a valid point that, that Daniel is making for sure. Uh, I forgot. And I like, but come on. I forgot what we originally. Oh, we're talking about Grammys. What he's gonna do next? Uh, yeah. So, uh, I do not force. I I think I kind of see. I kind of agree with the line. You see a lot more focus on rap since that album, though. Like every feature he's done has been him rapping. Like rapping this is like some of these guest features have been some of the best rapping individual rapping i've heard from him in a long time he's done multiple he's done songs with west side gun uh he's done he's done some songs with rocky he's done some songs with uh gold link he's done some he's just done a bunch of random ass features with a bunch of random rap artists I was, I was just about to say speaking of guest features i realized that earthquake wasn't the last time i created a song he also recently had a feature with brent fayez i really like that song yes gravity i love gravity yeah and, yeah, even, yeah. and even though he's been collabing with r&b artists because um brent fires there was also what's that woman name oh my goodness Callie. uh Kelly cheese like yeah. even though, even though those are both r&b songs he chose to rap on those songs so even the so he but- but like the, the 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 span between the I think Cherry Bomb was no Flower Boy between Flower Boy and Igor that was like I have an eleven song playlist of all the songs between those two albums where he was just rapping rap rapping it was some of my favorite rapping like he has a potato salad song with with uh, ASAP and a couple of those he did the he did the Kanye remix yeah. yeah and they were all fantastic rapping and he put out the whole singing album yeah. Fun fact. Sorry, I don't really trust it anymore. You mentioned Flower Boy. He wanted to he wanted to tap the greatest of all time for that ain't got time um song. That's the same. I ain't got time for you. Whatever. Yeah. The kid was busy. So if Tyler continues to my rap, name ain't got time. Oh, I thought that song? No. So, I ain't got time ain't for you niggas. For you. Oh, I was talking about I was assuming you were talking about Miss Minaj. Yeah, the greatest of all time. That's that's definitely I think she was busy making songs with Meek Mill during that during that time. That'd have been crazy. Anyway, so she t- wanted to tap her. She said no, but then I think he was like, all right, I want to get Kanye. But Kanye said no, too. So uh, I would like him to get those features because I just want to hear it. So we got one more topic left, and then we're going to finish. We're going to close out the, um, the show because we've been here a while. Uh, I want to talk about Mark Cuban versus America. So about a earlier this week, I think a reporter adds Mark Cuban. Hey, Mark. Y'all have had 13 home games. Why haven't y'all been playing the national anthem? And Mark Cuban said, oh, that was my decision. I made it back in November. Um, I've just chose we're not going to play that song here anymore. And that led to, a, of course, led to an uproar on Twitter. You know the kind of people who were mad at, at that fact. Um, didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. And because, you know, they don't even they don't air the, na- the, the um, national anthem and there's nobody at the stadium. Like There's no fans in the stadium. So there's nobody. So naturally, if you watch the games, you're not going to notice. And if there's no fans at the games, you're, there's no fans there to notice. And so um, the, so everybody's like, wow, like Mark Cuban should be allowed to do this. And then literally the next day, the NBA put out a press release from Adolf Silver saying Adolph that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saying Yikes. that everybody must play the national anthem in according to the league's rules. No team is exempt from this. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? I ain't gonna hold you. Ever since the stuff been going on with China, the NBA been looking real shaky. The NBA been looking real shaky. Like we supposed to be the player empowerment. 
you know, supposed to be player empowerment. We support our black people. We built my black history. The shirts that they're wearing right now leave. But every time something comes up, we seem to give in to the other side. Um, I mean, and then, you know, we didn't get, you know, we didn't get Black Lives Matter and stuff like that on the court until it was cool, until it was popular for everybody to do it. Not saying that the NBA is it's definitely the most forward thinking league, but I think even when you're the most forward thinking league, there's a certain extent you can go before you can piss off too many white people. And then you have to money. make some adjustments. Exactly. So. <laughs> Because Francis can't because Francis can't. Where's the Black Lives Matter at now? Or like, is that on the courts anymore? Right. right, exactly. So I mean, I definitely feel like this is well, and I think the reason it was on the court then and the bubble is because literally there was nothing else on TV. People had nothing else to watch but that, and they wanted to focus on it. But you know, that's that's another issue for another time. But like, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like you know it, it's getting it's it's the NBA is starting to get more and more exposed. The harder it, I mean, the the more you have to do it, the harder it is to support social justice and stuff like that. And I think that when, and I think that when we look at when we look at stuff like this, it, everything boils down to what we always thought it was: the dollar ends and begins with the white man. And if you're not keeping him happy, then we're not making money. If we're not making as much money as we need to, then we got to do what they say to you make that money. Being a corporation and then being about just social justice is kind of an oxymoron. And the NBA is learning that. They thought we could just dabble in it. But when you have such visible faces like Luka Doncic and um, LeBron James and uh, these these giant personalities and people that you see and you can't just ignore. And like they come out and say, well, we're not like the Mavs come out and say, oh, we're not going to do the national anthem. Like you cannot ignore that because that's going to cause a giant uproar amongst a lot of people. Compo- you know, compared to like a like Walmart, and you got like an employee that says, "I don't stand for national anthem." Well, you know, Walmart can ignore that, and nobody's gonna get a big uproar over, over it. But if you're like a corporation like the NBA, and your players who are who have millions of followers say something like that, then you kind of you kind of have problems. Like you learn it's it's an oxymoron. Like corporations like to say they they're about social you know social empowerment and social justice, but the reality is they only do. A small amount to make themselves look good and if they go too far from it they were like they start losing money and they say that's mm-hmm. not for us so my uh, thing is i think they could have got away with it for one simple fact donald trump don't have a twitter no more yeah. in every like usually when bad thing usually when money affecting things happen to the nba and the sports league it's because donald trump start tweeting and because donald trump was a president and I think they slick could have got away with it. This came out during uh, impeachment trial news. This came out during STEMI season. This came out during niggas getting the COVID back. I honestly didn't hear much uproar about it. I just heard, oh, damn, it's crazy we didn't notice. I didn't hear people weren't mad. The white people weren't mad on my Facebook. Like, no, I didn't see it. They could have slid through with the NBA. I think they, for once, kind of knee-jerked to it. And I think it's because white people I, were mad on my Facebook. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because while those people on your Facebook weren't mad, I guarantee the owners were upset. Because there's going to be some owners who probably have powerful friends who had a problem with it. And those powerful friends probably hit them up and say, y'all not, y'all not playing the anthem anymore in these stadiums? When y'all start doing that? And the owners probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not all of us. That's just Mark Cuban doing that. He said, well, how long before all y'all start doing it? How long before the, you're the players? So if, the, let's say, LeBron James come to play, play against the Mavericks and he get in there and says, why they, why they don't play the anthem here? 
well, we should have had to play this shit at the Staples Center. And, you know, it's only a matter of time for other players to come okay. there and they start getting mad when they go back to their teams, realize, wow, we got to stand for the anthem here, but we don't got to do them more at the Mavs. So then, man, that was if going, they wanted that was to run a- that fake social justice shit, they should have ran it now. This is the time to run the fake social justice shit where there's okay. less loud backlash because all those powerful friends are going to be mad quiet about it. They're not going to come out and say it. They yeah, all said thing behind Trump. Damn, what he want to say something. Go ahead, Dan. Nah, I don't want to cut you off. You kept doing, you kept doing this, you know, baton. <laughs> I just wanted, I mean, I'm piggybacking off everything you guys, um, pretty much. I just wanted to jump in. I wanted to turn, but I didn't want to cut you off, King. No, no, you could. You could. That's what you had to say. It's not that type of party. Um, but no, nah, I just think it's all, it, it's all a facade. So I think the NBA, like Jordan said, you can't be like a, a multi-billion dollar corporation, but then kind of be like pro-black for the people. Because it's kind of like an oxymoron. So those two things um, exist and like conflict with each other kind of but i just the national anthem one is just not that great of a song um so i started so jordan sent it to me because i really thought he said mark cuban versus america i thought it was about the mavs performing poorly so i was like well i can't wait i've been waiting to get on this (laughs) national anthem i was like what (laughs) so it just it's not that good of a song to me personally as far as american history goes Anything before emancipation, black people, I genuinely just don't care about. So that song is like 50 years before enslaved people are even emancipated. So I just double don't care that black people don't want to stand up for a song uh, like that. So it just, it, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And I don't know, but I think that a lot of people are on the internet, but I'm a person who at the moment is not really on the internet. So to me, this didn't come across and the YouTube algorithm shows me everything else in the world. But this is not something that popped up for me. So I genuinely don't believe it's that big of a deal. I think in a week, no one's going to care anymore. No, I, it, it's something that could have got swept on the rug. Well, like I said, I see what DeLon says, because like this really wasn't that big of a snafu. Like there wasn't a, like a large conglomerate of people publicly calling it out. But I could see where it would become a problem if players, like other players, like LeBron and Curry start demanding, like we shouldn't have to stand for the national anthem. Look, the Mavs are doing it. It was only a matter of time before they started, like other players and like organizations started saying, we're not going to do it either, which could have then led to a big overall. Because because somebody pointed out, like there's no other instant, like in American sports, NFL, baseball, hockey, all of these sports programs play the national anthem before their games. The Mavs are literally the only sport organization that said, we're not going to play it. So that's pretty, that's actually a pretty significant deal um and if the other players started saying we're not going to do it that would have you know led to a revolution so of course the nba being a corporation said we're gonna stamp out the revolution before he even gets televised i think he's getting mad because the 30 people in the stadium are not uh listening to the national anthem there's 30 niggas in that building i told i said on twitter they should play this shit on volume one Faintly, can barely hear it just so, just so you playing it, you're like, yeah, I played national anthem. They're gonna be like, national. What they gonna do? Say national anthem must be played at a volume of fifty. I wish I make them. I'd make them say that. I play shit as low as I could, and I tell players warm up and get ready while the anthem playing, and we're gonna play the game. The EDM version of it. Yeah. yeah. You just <laughs> some, some remix. No, you got You got to play the dubstep version of the national anthem. I know one exists. I know one exists. Of course, of course, of course. Actually, I, I got. I'm gonna Google that after we get off because I'm curious what that sounds like. Let me see, dubstep, national anthem. Uh, yeah, so the NBA definitely misstep. They're showing the true colors, red, white, and blue. 
Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't cook it since Thursday, boy. They really show it now. And so now, like, I don't, I feel like players are going to start losing. Oh, well, I've typed in USA National Anthem Trap Remix Trap Hood and it got a, hold on, man. Let me, let me, hold on, man. Let me Google this lie. shit. Let me, let me, let me Google <laughs> I want to hear the trap version. <laughs> hold on. Let me Google this shit so that y'all can see it on my, on my laptop. Give me a Dub Step. I remember that little Einstein song from like seven years ago. I need a national anthem version of that. Yes. Now, do you remember the uh, you remember the my dingaling the uh, guy from the Simpsons? Yes. I'm the my dingaling. My dingaling. No, I remember that thank one. No, I do thank not you, thank you, one. John. Because the long time to make me sound like a pedophile. Yeah, I was. I, I was about to say I wasn't. About, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't about to say it. <laughs> no, nah, it's just like earlier when we were talking about Tyler Crater, and then Jordan said, "Yeah, when he when he ate the roach, when he ate the bug," and then John said, "Yeah, when he ate the cock," and then Jordan cut him off. We <laughs> <laughs> just left it there. Like, hey, okay. you know what, Delon? I heard you do that, but I was like, I didn't even peep why, so I just like kept it moving. That's funny. Wait, where is it? <laughs> we see your desktop. We do not see internet. Yeah, let I me mean, let me go back. I definitely click on that. I click on this share. Here we go. So I type in dubstep national anthem. This is what popped up. You say- <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like this looking like my boy. Oh, I'm be honest with you. Trap, but <laughs> this might be wor- This might be more racist than the original. I don't know if I want to hear this. Stop pointing right now. Y'all say let it ring off. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me optimize it for sound because I ain't do that this time. Let me let's see. Because because now Woo, this must be scary. Damn it! They got a Photoshop Trump on, on an American flag. Trap hood, like the Pizza Hut logo. The the P. Oh, scary hours. Oh, say can you see? Give it ten seconds. Give it ten seconds. You gotta wait for the beat drop. You gotta wait for the beat drop. Okay. Hey, who's going first? Who's going first? Yeah. 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 Cam. Not gonna lie, this shit kind of snap. Is this just an instrumental? Uh, what you taking? This or Crunk ain't dead? That's oh, Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. I might, I might go with the national anthem. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I have nothing else. You guys have any closing thoughts? Hey, man. Last thing I gotta say. Shout out to Bron. He's gonna become the first athlete to pass a billion dollars of career earnings this year, I believe. So, shout out oh, to wow. Bron. Go black man. I know that. What's, be, um, what's better than one billionaire too? Mm. Hey. I don't know if that's really true. Cap- <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, this this nigga's a capitalist. <laughs> um, Tom Brady got a seven. Mm. I don't even watch football, but I was very happy about that. 
Um, As we, to play wow, you, you hate you hate black people. All right. Go ahead and close it out. Go ahead and close it out. He's, all right. Thank you all for tuning to another episode of the Pop of the Man podcast. Tune in this week for another episode of your favorite podcast. Hey, go support your local museum. Damn, Jordan cut me off while I gave it.